the Danger Gnome All Alaska Show, and with me uh, via telephone is our fat bastard to Alaska, Travis Hubbard. What's happening, Gomez? I know it's hard to, you know, to wait for me to stop talking. <laughs> How's it going, dude? Going good, man. Getting winter on finally. It's a little late, but uh, in the last 24 hours, had uh, close to two feet of snow at my house. It's uh, time to get the winter on. It's a bunch of light, fluffy stuff. It's going to take a while to translate into good fat biking, but um, that'll teach yeah, we you to bring in. home a new bike, right? <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, I brought home a new bike just in time to push it anywhere I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, on on uh, this show, this is kind of the uh, show that where we talk to the folks at the company formerly known as Fatback Bikes, now known as Corvus Cycles, uh, Scott Wolf and Greg Mattis. From that, from Corvus Cycles, and you know, at the same time that all all of that was going down, Travis found out that he he had gone on the waiting list. Why don't you tell the story of of how you how this all comes together awkwardly? Yeah. the way I explain it. <laughs> Maybe you'll be no, smooth. You know, much, much like many other people out there right now wanting a new bike. Uh, good luck and uh so i stopped in a speedway back in i think early september and saw the new colorways and um uh ran into greg and uh he had three models uh he had three bikes in a 16 and 18 and a 20 inch and um but he was you know holding on to those so people could come test ride bikes um and they kind of weren't for sale but Love the look of the bike and uh, the Corvus is, uh, you know, wonderful fat bike. So I had Greg throw me on that wait list and um, yeah, I stopped in a couple times to say hello, check out what's going on. And, you know, he was fighting uh, shipping uh, issues and doing all kinds of, you know, extreme measures to try to get bikes put together and it sounded like I would probably get mine maybe around Christmas time. And, uh, yeah, they called me yesterday and said, uh, we got your bike and it's ready. So that was a complete unexpected, super early Christmas present. And you're the proud new owner of a Corvus cycles. Akio. I am Fantastic. the proud, proud owner of a new Corvus. Akio. Yeah. I got it. Uh, uh, Picked up the bike, and by the time I got home, lightly snowing. <clears throat> Trails around my house have kind of held a little bit of snow, not much. Um, but got out for a hot lap and um, uh, familiar with the bike since uh, my lovely wife owns one, and I often ride it as well. Uh, yeah, a love two, the ride, love the bike. Two, you're a two Corvus family, and they kind of like the the your your wife's Corvus and your Corvus Akio, very similar bikes, kind of like the Corvus being the the missing link, being the fatback Corvus, and then you got the Corvus Akio. But uh, kind of like one is reminds me of the uh, Denver Broncos colors. It's an orange bike with blue graphics, and yours kind of looks a little similar. But it's a blue bike with orange graphics, right? And actually, it's not even kind of orange. I want to say it's it's kind of like mocha. Oh, (laughs) all right. Yeah. Like brick, kind of like a reddish brown or? Kind of like a tannish kind of brown. Like a light kind of brown, yeah. All right. And and uh, uh, where the orange uh, Lori's bike is, uh, um, you know, really bright and got the gloss finish. Uh, th- these my bikes uh, a matte blue. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I have a, a 
murdered out version of a Corvus FLT, which is matte except for where it's not. You know, like the graphics are shiny, but the bike itself is. I wonder if it's rock carbon, whether it's like some sort of black. Black. Well, I was. Um, I had a preference for black, and uh, but uh, basically told them just call me when you get one in, mm-hmm. and they did again. They didn't. They did a pretty limited run on the black ones. Oh. There's and, black ones. Um, Wait, there are there's there are some black ones apparently, but uh, the, uh, the Zane Chop said that we have no idea when they're coming, and if you want one, I've got one here for you that's blue. Huh? <laughs> and so, and I like I like the blue. Uh, I really do. I like the wrath of bat. So I was like, okay. uh, I'll give it that, and I'll see you in an hour. Yeah, I like to say color choice. It's so 2000 or 2019. You know? mm-hmm. So. Right. <laughs> Cause, but yeah. And then uh, I, when I was in the shop, they, uh, they, I, I was looking around, you know, and they, uh, I showed up and they got my bike on the stand there at Speedway. And, uh, it had the, uh, uh, the big Sioux rims, mm-hmm. aluminum. They're Carmen. And, uh-huh. uh, or, and, uh, and I was looking around on the floor, and I saw there were two other bikes that out there that had uh, that were twenty that were eight, uh, twenty-six inch wheels, mm-hmm. and they had the uh, the night carbon fatback rims, mm-hmm. and uh, also, also known as big Sue's, big Sue carbons. Yeah, also known as big Sue carbons. Yep, and because um, uh, they've been have that's been a big holdup. Has been wheels and. Uh, so I asked Zane if I could, uh, like, are these wheels that are on these bikes spoken for, or can we do a swap? And uh, he said, no, man, we can swap for you. So I uh, upgraded to the double-walled Fatback Night hoops and uh, with the Fatback like Alaska 150 hubs, I think they call them. Right. The Alaska hubs, yeah. yeah, the Alaska Distant Hub. Yep, yep. So I, um, damn, while I was there, I dropped off my Skookum for a tune-up, and that's currently got my five-inch tires on it. So I'm going to pick that up tomorrow and uh, get this thing, get my Corvus set up tubeless and put the big old tires over there. Nice instant winter on 11-11. Just <laughs> Yeah, it was just slam. I woke up and uh, looked out and went, uh, time to get to work. I cleared about 10 inches of snow starting at like eight o'clock this morning. And by two o'clock I had like another 10 inches that I had to go clear out again. Yeah. It's just insane. I'm getting nuked. Oh, when we talked yesterday, you were pretty excited about, Oh, it's going to snow like about four to six, mm-hmm. six to eight inches. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. Next thing you know, two yeah. feet. Well, we're Still supposed, we're supposed to that. Still doesn't match the the Sunday morning we woke up uh, in Talkeetna. True that. And stepped out the door to where the snow was all all the way over the top of the wheel wells on my truck. <laughs> <laughs> well, you sent me a picture uh, of the snows stacked up on on your truck, and it it reminded me of that day for sure. Yeah, yeah, it was close to that day, but not quite. And uh, unlike that day, I didn't have to do a sketchy two-hour drive from Talkeetna back to Anchorage, <laughs> uh, which was nice. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, well, happy new bike day. And, uh, Thank you. We, we have a picture of, of your new bike. And did you notice that, like, you're in the, the picture of that you took of your new uh, Corvus Akio in front of Speedway? You're in that picture because you're in the reflection. So there'll be a picture of Travis with his new uh, Corvus Akio in the show notes. Because I've already stolen it from your, from your Instagram. Uh, carte blanche for you, my friend. Well, hey, thank you. I, you know, counterfeit pixels are, are part, part, part of my uh, bag of tricks, right? So uh, I suppose we should, we should mention uh, uh, that the, uh, the Danger Gnome is... Uh, is brought to you this week by the Snow Crown Race Series uh, in Wisconsin. And uh, 
You can find a link to that in the show notes. And we're going to, uh, after after this, we're going to bring you an interview with Scott Wolf and Greg Mattis from Corvus Cycles. And uh, then we'll come back and we'll have some closing thoughts. And that's after this. Danger now! Hey, it's the Danger Gnome Podcast, and I have with me, uh, I have Scott Wolf and Greg Mattis of Corvus Cycles, a.k.a. or formerly known Fatback Bikes. How's it going, guys? There you go, Matt. Great. Nice to chat with you. So, the, the, the you know, as a, as a Fatback owner, the big question on, on my mind is, why why'd you change the name of my bike? <laughs> so why why well, Corvus Cycles? It goes back um, many years now. Um, <clears throat> once we uh, came up with the the Corvus name, um, which I've always loved, I started down the road of trying to trademark that, and I've been locked in a battle uh, in multiple battles with USPTO until this spring and so it's been in the works uh, probably since 2015 maybe 2014 and primarily uh, other than uh, we love the Corvus name um, it allows us to not necessarily be pigeonholed into fat bike products oh there you go sure makes sense so you remember when Niner came out with the 27.5 bike and kind of everybody did the side eye, <laughs> you know, what's going on here. And <laughs> uh, the same, same sort of situation. Gotcha. All right. Well, you know, yeah, I, I to follow I, up on that too. I mean, it just allows us, uh, it allows a couple of things. Um, it keeps us from, from being stuck in the one category as Greg alluded to, but it also allows us to expand, uh, our lineup into more four season brands. And it also addresses, any potential trademark uh, conflicts that could extend outside of the United States. So if we were to decide to start working with international distributors or things like that, it just gives us more of a universal presence um, outside of just U.S. Uh, US trademark. So. so do you guys want to go into the new bikes? Yeah, for sure. All right. And Scott, I'll let you uh, spearhead that. Okay. All right. That sounds good. All right, so you guys have have a bunch of new bikes in the pipeline. Why don't you start off with, what do you want to start off with? Well, I mean, I think the bike that we're probably the most excited about, uh, well, I don't, I would say the bike that that I'm the most excited about, and I'm going to go ahead and be selfish about this, is, uh, and and this kind of ties into the name change um, or the rebranding, is is actually a bike called the Crow Pass. So the Crow Pass is a, drop bar adventure bike. And and I know adventure bikes are kind of, um, that's a really, uh, it's a really wide berth with how people can interpret that because you could also argue that, you know, the fat bikes that we've been producing for a number of years could also be adventure bikes because we've always done, um, you know, multiple mounts, uh, you know, we've always done frame bags. We've always, they've always been very adventure capable. I mean, our bikes have, have done the Iditarod trail. They've done Arrowhead 135, they've been racing in the White Mountains. I mean, they are adventure bikes already, but the Crow Pass uh, is specifically designed to work with both mountain and gravel componentry. Mm-hmm. But to stay on brand, uh, we built it around uh, a plus wheel size. So uh, 27.5 by 3.0, you can also run it with 29 up to 29 by 2.8. So um, this is not a gravel bike. We, we want to make sure everybody understands, like you can definitely ride this on gravel, just like you can ride your fat bike on gravel, but this is a bike that's designed to ride paved roads, dirt roads, single track, a little bit of snow, a uh, little bit of sand, a little bit of anything that you want to throw at it. The idea is that if the apocalypse happens tomorrow, um, this is going to be a capable bike for you guys, to, for you to be able to grab and go out and it's going to take you anywhere. Right on. Yeah, I, I liken it to uh, drop bar mountain bike. That's what I call yeah. my adventure bike, and I'm referring to a salsa cutthroat. Um, so, uh, go on. So we did. So, so we uh, yeah. So we did a few things with this. I mean, we designed our own fork for it. So we did a. It's designed around a four thirty five axle to crown, and this is a, a Corvus adventure fork that we designed. It's got a 
a flip chip in the dropout so you can adjust the trail between 50 and 55. And because we use a post mount brake, it's actually not going to change your, you're not going to have to do a brake adjustment if you flip your chip. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we also integrated a, uh, my buddy Wit at Meriwether Cycles um, puts a portage handle uh, on a couple bikes that he's done. So we're actually using the Meriwether portage handle on these bikes because most people are going to choose to run a frame bag with this. And we're actually going to deliver these bikes with frame bags. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if you need to pick your bike up and lift it over something, uh, you know, you've got a nice handle there because you're not going to be able to reach up under the, the top tube. Um, we built this around the boost platform. So it's, you know, 12 by 148 in the rear, 15 by uh, 110 in the front, 160 rotors, post mounts, front and rear, um, lots of mounts on it, uh, very capable. And we did sliding dropouts on it because uh, it gives the, the customer the ability to run kind of an adjustable wheelbase based off of how they're going to use the bike and the wheel diameter that they're going to use. So we feel like we checked a lot of boxes with this. We wanted it to be uh, a bit more upright, um, short stem, wide bars, uh, dropper posts. Uh, we're mixing and we're offering this basically with two specs. Uh, you can either buy a frame and fork, mm-hmm. uh, or you can buy kind of our, our build, which is going to be, uh, GRX levers and rear derailleur, um, XT four piston brake calipers and, uh, XT rear cassette, uh, built up on, uh, either carbon or aluminum wheels with DT 350 hubs, um, a PNW, uh, loam, uh, dropper post nice. and PNW coast bar. And then, uh, uh, tr- race face turbine cranks and uh cane creek hellbender bottom brackets and cane creek hellbender headset cool and what's what's your msrp on that msrp with the alloy wheels is going to be uh sixty three hundred dollars uh-huh. with carbon wheels it's going to be sixty nine hundred dollars awesome yeah wow and that bike and that bike go ahead greg Scott and I and, and some of our uh, kind of test ride crew have been riding uh, steel prototypes for a couple of years now and, and got things dialed in and, and all super positive feedback on geometry and fit. And so we're really excited about this bike. Yep. Very, very capable. I think that was the thing that a lot of us came back with is everybody who rode it, you know, everybody had their own interpretation and their own spin on how they used it, but everybody came back feeling like it was very capable. And we actually, through the, through the different steel samples and through the different ride conditions, it allowed us to refine how we wanted to build our group set for the specs. So rather than offering a range of specs, we didn't want to make any compromises. We were just like, we're going to offer this to the customer as we would want to build it and how we think it's going to put the best foot forward for that model. Yeah, that GRX stuff is works so well. Yeah, it does. I got to yep. ride that for it a bit. It does. Yeah, we like it, and you know, it's the fact that that you know it can actuate a dropper post. Uh, you know, really smooth shifting. It talks to, you know, it's able to work with the the mountain rear cassette all the way up to uh, to a, a ten or I'm sorry, an eleven forty six in the rear, um, and then being able to mate it with uh, XT four piston calipers. Uh, with the GRX levers, you know, you're not limited to just a flat mount brake. It just, it allowed us to, to really build the spec out the way that um, we would all feel comfortable riding. And yeah, we're, we're really, really happy with the bike. And we, we debuted it at Sea Otter. And I mean, everybody that walked past the booth, uh, it definitely was a bike that drew people in. Very cool. Crow Pass. So what's next on the, uh, on the new slate? Well, I'm going to let Greg talk about this one because as the founder of the company, uh, he, um, he originally did a Thai fat bike, uh, when Fatback started as a brand. And so, um, the next bike is going to be the Thai Magnus. Um, so I'll let Greg talk a little bit about that. Yeah. As you probably know, Gomez, we got our start in Thai and always loved the ride. Um, but as things progressed, um, you know, quantities and, and pricing and everything, <clears throat> we decided to do <clears throat> aluminum and, of course, carbon. And for a while, Thai sort of fell out of favor. And 
they, the tubing manufacturers and the industry itself are those who continue to make ties sort of shook out some of the issues um, in like tubing size and, and uh, wall thickness, things like that, where people did experience failures and they've got that a lot more dialed in now. Mm-hmm. So uh, we decided we, we had enough inquiries uh, of people coming to me and saying, yeah, if you did another tie bike, I'd buy it. And the, the timing was right when we decided to do the Crow Pass to go ahead and do this new bike that we're calling the Magnus. Mm-hmm. And it also allowed us to do some of the geometry tweaks that we've been working on over the years, where, which you can't really do with carbon. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this also coincided with the fact that we developed a new carbon fork as well. And so this was a way for us to kind of verify the geometry and the ride. And I think also the emergence of the 27.5 wheel size over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. um, it allowed us to, to take the considerations of, of really building and designing a bike around that wheel platform to start. Not something that was necessarily going to accommodate both 26 inch and 27.5. Like the Magnus is designed from the ground up with 27.5 wheels in mind, nice. which for us, that's the first one. Like that was the very first one that we did um, other than, you know, and that, and that's carried over into the Accio and into the Rhino as well. So um, we kind of like the Crow Pass, Greg and I have been riding uh, samples of these for um, the last couple of years, uh, his geometry was a little bit different than my geometry. Um, uh, but we both had features that we liked about the bikes and then also relying on feedback from other people that, that do a lot of riding with us and both the conditions up in Alaska and the conditions that we have in Oregon. Um, we came up with, uh, with the Magnus and that was another bike, uh, that was a big draw at Sea Otter. And, and ever since, uh, you know, the bike has been announced, I, I get, daily emails uh, asking when the Magnus is going to be available. <laughs> well, that's a good sign. I, there's, there's, a, there's a Magic Tie fatback that one arrowhead with a couple of different people on it. Kevin Breitenbach rode it, and uh, I don't remember who else rode that bike to a big race win, but uh, I was delighted to see with this frame that there's the yoke of where the bottom bracket meets the chain stays is all tubular. There's no plate titanium in there. It's, it's, it's done the right way. So, uh, yeah, I'm, it's I'm, very, it's, we, we wanted to blend aesthetic, it, it being aesthetically pleasing. We wanted to, um, kind of, uh, almost like do a tribute to, to where we came from as mm-hmm. far as, as far as the bikes were concerned. Um, but also, you know, modernize the geometry, you know, we bent the seat tube, uh, you know, we're, we're accommodating dropper posts, which weren't a consideration a number of years ago sure. and then building it around, uh, our, our carbon fork that's, you know, 505 millimeters tall and mm-hmm. has a 53 offset really allowed us to, to kind of dial in the geometry, uh, the way that we wanted it to be. So I'm really, really happy with the way this bike turned out, uh, the finish of it, mm-hmm. but also, uh, the ride, the ride has been, um, probably, uh, it, it's nice to ride tie bikes. They just, there's the material is the material is great. I appreciate carbon. I appreciate steel. I appreciate aluminum. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, hey, so I love tie. I yeah. love tie. <laughs> you're preaching yeah, to the choir I, here. I, I'm the owner of a, of a couple of legacy mountain bikes that are tie in and a single speed, so uh, a yeah. custom single speed. So, uh, and you know they they all ride different. You know, and you'll have naysayers say, "Hey, you can put a four and a half inch tire on there. You can't tell the difference." Well, they they've not ridden them back to back to back. Yeah. So for for better or worse, they ride different, and you can generally tell the ride characteristics. So, and, and these frames are they being made in? by a small domestic maker or are you going overseas with these or uh, so made? we have, we have a, a smaller manufacturer in Taiwan that we work with. Oh. Uh, they, they specialize in making, uh, stainless and, uh, titanium products. Uh, oh. they're experienced in working with the material. Uh, they've got, uh, makers that, uh, you know, some of their, some of their fabricators have been doing this for over 30 years with, with various materials. Um, you know, they make, uh, they make, they make stuff for other brands as well. So, um, you know, I'm not going to get into, I'm not going to get into who their other customers are, but they, but they definitely, we wanted to have someone that, that 
we knew had, you know, to, to Greg's point earlier, had kind of fleshed out some of the, um, some of the mistakes that could happen with Ty and uh, could happen with maybe using the wrong tubing diameter or, or, you know, using wrong dropouts. And, and these guys are, these folks are, we're, we're fortunate that they've got a great relationship with, you know, dropout manufacturers are able to source their own materials, anything that they don't, uh, that they, they don't make themselves. They have a good relationship with, with the supplier. So, um, we were, we were like, like everything, everything was late this year. Um, I mean, it's the story that's happening to the rest of the, the bike industry is happening with, with all suppliers. So, I mean, this is a bike that we'd hope to have probably a couple months sooner than we got it, but we did get it. And, um, we're really, we're really, really happy with the way that um, everything finished out. And we have kind of a laser anodizing finish on both the Crow Pass and on the Magnus that really highlights the branding. And, and, it, and it, I think when the customer uh, pulls the bike out of the box uh, for the first time, they're going to be really impressed with what they see. Killer. Well, you know, we should probably get a couple of those and go to the Oregon Dunes and go riding or something. I mean, I, I, we've, we've already, we've already gone. So, I mean, I, 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 how come you didn't show up when we went, man? I mean, we can always go back. I must've been doing my hair that day or something. Must've been doing your hair. Yeah. So, uh, so same thing as the crow pass with this, we are offering this package as a frame and fork, you know, headset, uh, package. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we're also doing, uh, we're doing a fixed spec on this as well. So carbon bar, carbon seat post. Uh, carbon wheels. So our big Sioux 27.5 carbon wheels, which you have reviewed. Totally sweet. Um, and, uh, and, and we're doing what we're calling a GX plus kit. So it's going to be uh, a GX shifter, a GX rear derailleur, um, the uh, Truvative Stilo carbon cranks, and an Exo Eagle uh, 1052 rear cassette. So kind of the, kind of the bang for the buck as far as um, durability and performance. Um, and, and it, and it comes with our, with our carbon fork as well. So, uh, that bike, and, and we were also using a Hayes Dominion four piston brakes on these, oh, the A4 nice. brakes, which we really, really like these brakes nice. uh, for this bike. We feel like it positions really well. Um, and I mean the bike as it sits, I mean, the medium is, is, you know, 24 and a half pounds. So pretty, pretty nice package Ooh. for a, for a metal bike and, uh, at a really, really competitive weight. Um, of course depending on your tire choice, you could add three pounds to it just by changing tires. But yeah, yeah. with the sample that we've got, uh, and even with some of the production bikes there, um, they're right around that, uh, 24 and a half to 25 and a half pound range, which is very competitive with our carbon bike. Yeah. That's as light as, is my FLT. That's with, yeah, yeah, with yeah. It's, it's really, it's, 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 it's really, really, it's really, really comparable to that. So we were, uh, very pleased with how this turned out, especially, considering, you know, there's not super light tubing on this. I mean, our, our seat stays and our chain stays are, are plenty strong and durable and thick and, um, and curvy, yeah, which is the way we like it. The front end, uh, too, you know, on, on tie bikes of old, you, you got on and you had much upper body. Um, you start pulling on the bars and there's a lot of wag and, uh, head tubes. And, uh, with the tubing diameter, uh, that we chose, it's, it's pretty stout, you know, it's, it's still compliant and the way the tie bikes are comparatively, mm-hmm. but um, it, it's solid. Yeah, really, really, really happy with this bike, and I think our customers are going to be happy with it. So uh, for those of your listen- listeners that have been saving up um, to buy their dream bike, uh, they will be in stock with us here in about two weeks. So uh, feel free to call us and place their order. And what's the, what's the MSRP on the Magnus tie? So MSRP with the carbon wheels is $6,500 with the complete package that we talked about. And then uh, frame and fork is 2600 I think that's, that's, that's not enough. Yeah. Guys. That's not enough. That's the, that's a little, that's less than, than I thought. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's a, it's a great, it's a great package. We, we want this bike to be accessible and that's, uh, you know, we could make this eight grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, easily. That's, that's, uh, that's the number that I was that I yeah. that was in my head. I was like, well, it's going to be seventy nine hundred dollars or seventy five hundred dollars. So um, yeah, well, I mean, if they want to give us, if I mean, if they want to give us that, that's fine. But I mean, we also want this bike to get out there, and 
Um, you know, we're happy. I mean, we, we don't make this bike available to dealers. This is a direct consumer product uh-huh. only. Same mm-hmm. thing with the Crow Pass for, for this season. So, you know, for us, it's, it's going to allow the bike to sell. And, um, you know, for, for folks that maybe were, were looking at getting a, a, a higher end, uh, Accio, you know, they may end up deciding to, to spend a little more money and get, uh, and get the Magnus instead. So, uh, where it positions within our lineup, as far as price point wise, uh, that price point, uh, that's a good spot for it. All right. Well, what's, what's next on the, uh, on your new bike list? Well, um, so we should talk about, uh, the Accio. So for, for folks that have been familiar with, uh, with our carbon bike lineup, um, since, since the first round of carbon bikes, the Corvus has been, uh, has been kind of our, our flagship model. Um, I mean, you yourself, you own a, a Corvus FLT. Yep. And so the Corvus and the Corvus FLT, the Accio is an optimized version of those two bikes. So, um, you know, more and more carbon fiber materials are available than what were originally on the market when we were doing two different models of the Corvus. And so over the last couple of uh, manufacturing rounds, we've actually started optimizing the, the, the regular Corvus and, um, you know, making it a little bit lighter, making it a little bit stronger and it got to the point where the FLT actually became redundant. The, the differences between the two models, it just, it was no longer cost effective. Mm-hmm. Plus we, we did a new fork and we wanted to um, kind of take everything that we had learned from the Corvus, uh, both winning races, people going on long bike packing trips, people just doing the Thursday night group ride and they wanted to have a really nice bike. And, and we poured everything into um the Accio. Um, and that's kind of a mix of everything that was the Corvus and the Corvus FLT along with a couple of uh, subtle tweaks to the geometry and a new fork. And, and that's where the Accio sits right now. Very cool. And that bike has, so now has, that Corvus is a brand, we had to take the Corvus name and, uh, and, and, and essentially rename it. And so, uh, Greg came up with, with the Accio and Accio. Uh, what is it? What's the, what's the name? What's behind the name? Is I lose you guys again? Is there a story? I'm here, but we might have lost Gomez. No, nope, I'm here. <laughs> what is an Accio? <laughs> I'll let I'll let Greg answer that. Yeah, well, I um, I got into uh, alpine skiing back when I was four years old, and we moved back to Alaska, and um the Accio name is it comes from a military rescue sled that might be used behind ski patrol or, you know, in other conditions. Um, they spell theirs with an H A H K I O, but, um, I figured we'd drop that. Uh, but I always liked that name and I hadn't heard it in many years. Um, when we were in search uh, of a new name for, the Corvus, um, that one popped up and stuck. Yeah, um, it resonated. So we'd like to think it, of it as, you know, sort of that uh, safe ride home kind of thing. Oh, nice. Well, cool. I love to pull a sled with a bike with firewood in it, go make a fire. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. And it, it's, 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 Nice. The, the branding, uh, we have the branding on the, on the seat stays and, uh, it looks really good flowing, you know, off the back of the seat tube and kind of going down the seat stays, the AKIO and the font we chose looks, it looks really good. So, um, it, it's nice that it has a story behind it. It's not just, you know, pulling letters out of the, out of the air and slapping it on a bike and, and not having kind of an origin story on it. And that's something that, that was really important as, as we, we took the artist formerly known as Corvus and Corvus FLT and started carving out its, its new identity as we wanted it to, we didn't want to run from the legacy that this bike came from. We wanted to just transition it into its next phase, uh, as the, the Corvus name took a, took a much bigger, bigger role within, the, within our company. Well, right Plus we're just around with our feet up most of the time <laughs> looking for something to do. So we thought we would just, uh, you know, yeah. throw a into the whole program. Yeah. I mean, there's only so many head badges you can redesign before you need to actually do something different. So, <laughs> well, that that's uh, 
that's quite a lineup. And and you still are offering the the Rhino FLT, right? We are, we are. So, uh, so things that are remaining, uh, remaining in our lineup, uh, are, are the Skookum Carbon, uh, which, uh, is for this year is going to remain unchanged other than the name on the down tube. Uh, you know, we're, we're specking it with the Manitou, um, 120 extended edition fork still comes with 26 inch wheels. Uh, the extended edition fork, uh, it has a longer axle to crown, so you're going to have a, a slight change in the effective uh, seat tube angle and effective head tube angle, but uh, the, the tooling of the bike itself remains unchanged uh, from, from previous years. So um, that's a bike that uh, we're, we're starting to look at what the next generation of, of Skookum is going to look like, and, and we'll certainly talk about that at the end of this discussion. But um, for this year, that remains unchanged. We did do a new... Uh, camp stove green and, and orange colorway, which, uh, you guys can see on our website. And it remains, uh, it remains the bike that, that all year long people continue to send emails and make phone calls, uh, to the shop here asking for it. So, uh, it's still seen as a, as a, as a four season bike. And, and, you know, every year we sell out of it. We, we never, we never make enough of them. And, uh, I think, uh, I think, you know, some of the plans that we have for the future for that particular demographic of bike within our lineup, we're going to be able to sell bikes to all of those folks. We're going to have a, a much, much more offerings. And then the Rhino this year, uh, is, uh, we're, we're excited about it. So the only thing we changed on the graphics other than the colors, uh, because we wanted people who have, who have been previous Rhino customers, we wanted them to recognize it. It's kind of like, when you look at a Thompson seat post, you recognize the font of a Thompson seat post or a Thompson stem. Sure. Well, we kept the same Rhino FLT top two graphic that we've always done on this model uh, since it was introduced. So we changed the down to graphic to Corvus. We changed the colorway, but we, we also made some changes to the spec. So we uh, remitered the seat tube. So it sits a little bit further forward on the bottom bracket shell. Uh, we added a, a few millimeters to the chain stays. And now this bike will accommodate uh, the 27.5 by 4.5 cake uh, eater, oh, cool. which is a, a pretty oversized yeah. tire right. <laughs> for 27.5 by 4.5. Sure. And it's, and it's outer diameter is bigger. So, uh, the front and the rear of this bike will be able to accommodate that tire. No problem, no compromise. So, so pretty much every, the largest 27.5 tire sizes that are on the market, uh, the Rhino will work with that. Um, it has a lower bottom bracket. Uh, we also are specking it with um, our, our carbon fork, the same carbon fork that we are selling on our Accio oh, and cool. also selling on our Magnus. Right on. Yeah, that so that's 505, uh, 505, 503. Yeah, 505 with the 50, yeah, with the 53 offset. And um, it's by far probably our most versatile bike because the bike also uh, runs well with, uh, with the Manitou Mastodon. Um, you know, it has all of the eyelets for bike packing. Uh, it's, you know, it, it, can, it can work with, with a variety of group sets. And, and it remains our best seller. I mean, we produce and we sell more of that model by volume uh, through dealers uh, versus versus any other model that we produce. Sure, because it hits a really good price point too. Uh, what's the MSRP on on that? Yeah, well, and that's yeah. This year, this year it's a little bit higher than what it's been in years past. Um, you know, we're we're selling the bikes starting at about twenty five hundred bucks, and they're going up to up to thirty six fifty. I mean, previously they've been you know, between 2000 and, uh, and, and right around, right around 3000. So usually about a thousand dollar price gap and it's about the same this year. And then with the suspension fork, you can add $300 to every single one of those, sure. those price points. Yeah. But yeah, material costs have gone way up this year. Um, I think everybody in the bike industry, all shops, all dealers, all customers, I mean, every, I don't know of a single brand out there who has not been affected by, uh, either shortages in materials or increased cost in materials, no matter where you make your bikes. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's yeah. Even, even the components. So we, uh, you know, we had to raise our prices this year, but we also feel like we didn't just raise prices. We also added some value to it. Like every single bike that we sell now comes with Alaska SL hubs on it. So we're not doing 
no, there's no tiers on our hub sets anymore. Everything gets our best foot forward as far as hubs are concerned. Nice. And, uh, and then having the carbon fork on the bike, instead of having a, an aluminum fork on the bike, just makes it something that when you buy it, you're probably not going to be in a hurry to upgrade it. So uh, we feel like the package that we're putting out to the customers is something they're going to be excited about and ride for a few years um, cool. before they start looking at doing something else. Yeah. You know, the, the difference between 27.5 and 26 fat I, on my Corvus FLT, I interchange those wheels every which way, the largest, the smallest uh, that any of that can run and have no problem, have never had any problem fitting anything in that bike. So, yeah, right on. What is your personal preference for uh, tire and wheel size, Gomez? Um, man, for three, really for, for three quarters of the year, I want to run 27.5, 80 millimeter or smaller uh, with the 4.0s. And then when I get into wintertime, I'm going to keep a set of. 27.5 studded tires in the four inch variety. And then I just don't think that I can beat the hundred millimeter 26 inch with a tire like a Johnny five on there. Yeah. I, yeah. That's like a, a secret weapon. It's almost unfair how that tire makes you float so much better than anything else. Um, it and, is impressive. And you may be able to match that with a 27 by 5 by 4.5 cake eater, but you're a little bit taller, and I think it just takes more technical skill to get further in deeper snow with that setup. Um, yeah, we, I, I don't disagree with you on that. Um, it's, it's something that I think that as, you know, what the advantage that 26-inch also has is, that that wheel size has more tires and more models oh, of tires, more, more treads developed for that particular wheel size. There's also, I mean, there's more rims available yeah. in, in those widths and those wider widths. So especially as, true it, in these times it, of the whole supply chain issue is absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I know of a very large tire manufacturer who has been planning on doing something in 27, five that, um, you know, we were supposed to see, uh, samples last year and mm-hmm. now that project is 2024. So, I mean, it's, uh, some brands, uh, took advantage of it. I mean, Tureen was really good about, about being, you know, dedicated to this segment of, of mm-hmm. the bike industry. Sure. And, you know, when, when they develop tires, uh, I know they do gravel and they, they do commuter and mountain and stuff like that, but very rarely do they bring some, you know, does the season go by where uh, we don't see something new uh, in the category of, of fat bikes uh, from them. So um, they're, they're good about it. Obviously 45 North has done a great job. Um, I think, you know, they're one of the standard bearers as far as a really good options on tires. So, you know, between those two companies and then, you know, other brands like Maxis and V rubber and Schwalbe, you know, there, there's a lot of choices out there. Um, but I think for people that ride fat bikes a lot, we all have our, our two or three that we go to and we feel really good about. Yeah, and you know, if you, if you want to have one set of rims and and be able to cover everything from trail to ungroomed snow, you can do that with two different tires with the 27.5, or as you might need two sets of rims if you tried to do that with 26. So ultimately, yeah. when tire manufacturers catch up with this deficit of production, I think people are going to be better off with that 27.5 platform. It seems to be where the industry is moving. Uh, and, yeah. it, and it does make for a really nice trail tire as well for, for the times that you're not on sand or snow. So, yeah, we, we, we agree. We agree. And a lot of our new product development is designed around 27.5. Um, we, we feel like it's a wheel size that has a, a bit more versatility. It's kind of like when the 29 inch wheel came out a number of years ago and everybody said, Oh, why do we need that? You know? And now everyone's got one, even minor. So, I mean, I, yeah, I, I always uh, like to remind people that uh, tire choice is a very regional thing. Oh, you know, yeah. you talk to somebody from maybe Colorado or Utah, you know, they're, they're going to, uh, they don't ever buy anything unless it's a, a 
five inch wide tire and a hundred mil rim. Right. And for the average rider here in Anchorage, uh, you don't need that. And, um, my advice is to, you know, use as much tire as you need. Of course you can go with the, the largest thing out there, but, um, you're pushing around a lot of weight that you may not need. Right. And, right. you know, that, that goes back to that John five, um, you know, for a, say a 150 pound person or, you know, a, a gal or a or light guy, um, maybe they want that hookup. Um, the tire rolls pretty darn well for the, the amazing traction that it has, mm-hmm. but it's overkill for a lot of people. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I agree. Uh, and you know, uh, since I've lost weight, I ride those hundred millimeters less and less. If I was, if I was like most riders and, and I didn't ride on groomed snow, I would never need that tire. Uh, and I yeah. think by and large, probably 90% of the riders out there only ride on groomed or tracked snow, you know? So it's, yeah. And you know, it's funny because our sales demographic is, 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 you know, different based off of the way that they ask us to spec the bikes for them. You know, a lot of my Northeastern dealers, it's 26 inch wheels and studded tires, the biggest studded tire that I can get them. And I, and I ask and they said, well, a lot of this, a lot of the snow riding that we do here isn't like a you know Nordic track or a snowmobile trail. It's it's the single track that they ride their mountain bikes on. So rocky, rooty, twisty, turny, and it just gets stomped down by snowshoes, mm-hmm. and 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 then it, it goes through a couple of freeze thaws, and now you have a bobsled track, and that's what they're riding. And so you know they tend to prefer the smaller wheel diameter the higher engagement hub, the widest traction and as many studs as you could possibly get on there. But then I have a conversation with someone in, in Minnesota or someone in Alaska and everybody's demands are going to be completely different. So it, it's nice that we have the ability to, to help out uh, all of our dealers with what's going to be the best seller for them. Um, and that some of our bikes are designed to be versatile with both, with both wheel sizes. Well, cool. Anything else you guys have to add? Do you want to do you want to spill the beans on what you got planned for twenty twenty four? Well, not, we we won't talk about twenty twenty four, but uh, but I guess uh, some things to look forward to. Uh, we definitely don't want to look past this season and and the five models that we have available for customers. Um, you know, starting with with what we started the podcast off with with the Crow Pass and and going all the way down to uh, the, the Rhino FLT, which is a bike that we're actually really, really excited about um, in, in its most current iteration. But, um, you know, getting back to the conversation that we had, probably the, the, the one bike we spent the least amount of time on was talking about the Carbon Skookum. Mm-hmm. The next update that we have coming, and, and for, for those of your listeners that were at Sea Otter this year, um, or if they follow, uh, you know, our social media, uh, there's, there was sneaker photos and then there was an article in bike rumor about, uh, about the Corvus or I'm, I'm sorry, the Corvus Skookum AF. So, um, the AF, uh, officially stands for, um, aluminum frame, but you can, uh, interpret it however you would like as far as, uh, personalizing your own, your own bike. But, uh, oh, I was this wondering is, about that you just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just yeah, took the best. Uh, something else in mind. We you haven't, just, yeah, we have, we haven't, we haven't done an official, we haven't filed a trademark or anything on that, but, um, <laughs> you know, we, we, we may look into that in, in the future, but, uh, this is the latest generation of the Skookum. This is, uh, this is our, our four season trail bike, uh, it's designed around the one, you know, 120 millimeter extended edition Manitou. It's designed around 27.5 wheels. It's designed around a, uh, it's optimized for like a four, a 27.5 by 4.3 tire, which, mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk about at some other point. Um, but we did our own, uh, so the geometry is, it's a much steeper seat tube. Uh, it's a much slacker head tube. It's oh, a cool. longer reach. It's a shorter stem. It's a wider bar. Uh, we, uh, we're doing a custom CNC yoke for this thing. So the chain stays are still 445 millimeters. So the bike is, uh, there's actually a video on, uh, on our social media from Sea Otter of, of, uh, one of our, one of our ride ambassadors very gently doing a wheelie, uh, through the Sea Otter crowd. And, you know, this bike, every person who jumped on this bike, the first thing they wanted to do was lift the front wheel in the air. So, um, we're really, really excited about this model. Um, 
it'll be out in various specs. Uh, hopefully, we're hoping to have it uh, in stock by the Otter of 2022. Worst case scenario, if we're being conservative, we'll have it by, by summer of 2022. And of course, it'll be available in our lineup for the next three years for sure. Killer. Well, right on. Well, thanks for taking the time to talk to us, Uh-oh. guys. I Uh-oh. appreciate it. <laughs> Am I gone I again? No, yeah, there you are. You're back. <laughs> I, just saying, I don't think you like it, man. <laughs> I keep on dropping out. Yeah, thanks, Well, thanks for being with us, guys. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Our listeners will be delighted to hear about all the new bikes. And uh, we'll, uh, I know. Yeah, thanks, Gomez. We appreciate it. We always appreciate the support. And uh, it's always, always. It's it's always fun to to, to chat about uh, to chat about products and and hear uh, hear what hear what other people have to think. So hopefully your listeners, if they're listening to this and they have questions, they can go to our website or they can shoot us an email or uh, if they have an, the ability to comment uh, under your your podcast, it'd be it'd be cool to interact with some of them and, and hear some of their feedback and their thoughts on, on what we're doing for this year. Right on, and I'll put your uh, I'll put your information in the old uh, show notes. And uh, I'll let you know if we have any questions. So thanks for coming on the show. It's the Danger Gnome Podcast. That's that. Thanks, Gomez. <laughs> Thank you. Danger Gnome! Well, I've got Travis back with me, and uh, we're doing the uh, post-Corvus Cycles show closure. Welcome back, Trav. What's up? Hey, man. Not much. Great interview. That was awesome. I know everything you ever wanted to know about Corvus cycles, but we're afraid to ask. That's uh, <laughs> it's an impressive uh, lineup. Uh, the the bike that kind of intrigues me the most, since I already have a Corvus FLT, is the Magnus uh, tie fat back or I'm fat bike. I misspoke. Sorry. <laughs> didn't, mean, didn't mean to pigeonhole you into just fat bikes. Uh, but uh, yeah, so have a, have you ever worn Neos? Not not the guy from the Matrix, uh, with the same name. But these are like over boots, like we used to wear as kids. Uh, I have not. However, uh, just yesterday, my sister texted me a picture of a pair, asking what I thought about those for fat biking. Mm-hmm. I told her I'd never seen them. And uh, looked intriguing. Well, back last time I was in Alaska, our friend Christina Grande took took me out on a ride out to the uh, Glacia, and she wore them. The Connect, the Connect Glacia, and she just wears running shoes on the insides of those things. And you know, I I thought I'd give it a try, so I ordered a pair of insulated ones um, that. Our size three X, so because you wear, you measure the the actual length of your shoe that you're going to wear inside there. I have some uh, North Face Trail Runner kind of shoes that I ride in for three seasons and on flat pedals, and I actually got a new pair of uh, Ultra Running shoes that I that's what I tried them on with. And it's like huh, these, it, it it all fits in there and. They they're rather large. They're rather wide. That's my only concern. Is like is are are my flat pedals big enough to handle the footprint of of this boot? Um, I'm right. pretty sure they're going to be warm and comfortable. Uh, it makes sense that they would be waterproof. So we'll see. Uh, there's there's a little preview of of tests to come. Uh, where I've been pretty busy on the uh, scheduling shows so i have uh on the danger gnome side we have Corey stelgis who last march three-peated as champion of the fat bike berkey so we'll be interviewing him uh i have a danger gnome where three of my six foot tall amigos from down in El Noir are passing around the uh, Wyatt Maverick with a uh, Manitou Mastodon on the front and a dropper post. To uh, we're going to do a little show where we've all ridden that bike 
and we're uh, going to uh, compare notes and talk bike. We're going to tell tales of of how we how we rode that bike, etc. Um, did you break it? No, 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 oh. no, it, no. It, I, I, I would, man. I it put that frame in the. <laughs> if there is such a thing, un, unbreakable, like like Bruce Willis in that movie, where I think he, I think it might be called Unbreakable or something. Look it up. Uh, so, and then on the uh, Ask the Bike Doc, we've we've got the cat from PDW is going to do a little thing on the uh, on the mud shovels. We've got. Uh, I think we're we're auctioning off as part of the Wisconsin Bike Fed Gala, so we're gonna have a guest that's gonna like pay to be on our show, but it's for charity. We don't get the money; it just goes to the bike. It will go to the Bike Fed, which is a good good thing. Uh, and then they'll be on, and you, I don't know who it'll be. Mystery guest, money, Mister Moneybags, or something, or Mrs. Moneybags. Yeah. Yeah, money bags always make the show better. Uh huh. And grabs uh, some probably forgetting some stuff too. I I tell you one thing though. One thing that I have to remember is to tell you that the official bike rack of the Danger Numb Podcast is One Up USA, made here in Wisconsin. People that know and care about their bikes. Put them on a one-up USA rack. And here's the thought. Since I just reviewed a rack from Old Man Mountain, the word rack, rack, can be a noun. It can be a verb. It can be something that you put your bike on your car. It can be something that you put on your bike to carry stuff. It can be uh, a set of antlers on an elk or a caribou or, uh, like, maybe a deer. Nice rack. It can be, uh, you know, the the breasts. It's a it's a term for that too. So right, let's or, let's let's make up a new word to at least differentiate between the rack that you put on your car that your bike goes on and the rack that you put on your bike that your bags go on. Let's let's make that a different thing. Let's call it a cycling conveyance. Or something like that for when it goes on your car. And we'll just keep a bike rack for the rack. And there's also a bike rack where, you know, like, you could roll up to school and lock your bike up to the bike rack. We need some new words, people. Yeah. So, I guess that's what we'll sign off with. Uh, You can put new words for a cycling conveyance and or a cycling uh, lockup thingy. So two new words. There you go. There's your homework assignment. <laughs> <laughs> so any closing luck, any closing words? Uh, are you uh, like that much snow, dude? You should start building a kick-ass snow fort right now. By the time uh, March comes, you'll have a condominium. Yeah, I, I would have been on that already, but the. Uh, Snow lacks the moisture. Mm-hmm. This we we got two feet of blower powder is what landed here. So uh, I just gotta let it settle out and get to packing it. And uh, but very excited to finally see winter arrive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I saw yeah, the so pictures. Hoping, it's very uh, cool. Hoping for all my homies that uh, live in places that usually get snow and love to ride bikes on the white trails that uh, it shows up for everybody soon. There you go. He's like, Travis is not only the fat pastor to uh, to uh, Alaska, he's also your snow fairy godbrother. <laughs> yes, I'm doing snow dances for you all. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thanks for being on the show, Travis. It's the Danger Gnome Podcast. Uh, we'll be back when we're Check us out on Instagram quite soon, December-ish. All right, then. That's it for today. Why are you still listening to this? It should be the